right, everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Hello. How's it going? Oh, you know, it's good. It's the the dog days of, of winter, I guess. Oh, I mean, maybe where you are, because you've, you've decamped from New York City for a few months, but it, the city this weekend was absolutely gorgeous. And I was talking to a friend of mine who was who moved to Mexico like 18 months ago. Um, and she was like, what's the vibe in New York City? Like, what do you think it's going to be in the summer? And I'm like, if this weekend was any indication, this summer is going to be wild. People are out. People are ready. People are excited. It seems like. Well, I think that's the case. I, I mean, everywhere. I think, yeah, people are going to go nuts. It's going to yeah. be bacchanalia. <laughs> And, I, and more people with more expertise in social movement mm-hmm. have said that, uh, but I, I just know it in my bones. Well, and it's funny too because everyone is like, "Oh, it's been it's athleisure. That's all anyone's going to wear because uh, you know we've been inside basically for you know we've been inside literally for like a year." And nope. I don't think so because people are dressing up. Like, I feel like this is going to be a return to, like, high glamour, which I, for one, am here for. I love it. Mm-hmm. When people get dressed, it's my favorite. But, yeah, it's been, this weekend was really a lot of fun in the city, even though, like, I didn't really do much. But it is, it's just, like, it feels like it's coming to life. It feels like spring. It was Austeria this week, so that's good, too. The equinox. It was, what is that? I know the equinox, but what is it? Osteria. It's like the pagan or the um, like the Celtic ceremony. Okay. Because there's a bunch, so there's like um, now I'm now I'm on the spot and I'm nervous. I'm not going to say it. I'm <laughs> like Samhain, which is like in the fall and stuff. Well, you don't want to offend the pagans. No, no, no. I don't want to get a lot of emails on about uh, from pagans saying we, we don't know their 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 holidays. <laughs> but we did get an email, not from a pagan, that I know of. We don't know her religion, so, but we got one from a woman. So this is a romance novel slash virgin river appreciation podcast. Well, you know, the reason, yeah, well, everybody knows we love Virgin River, but yeah. we read Virgin River. We did. And we got we got a lot of good feedback about this episode, this previous episode, because we disagreed, and people mm-hmm. like when we occasionally disagree. Mm-hmm. Because normally, we agree on these books more often than not. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it, it just, it, we don't do it on purpose. It just happens. But also, we try to pick books, or let's be frank, you try to pick books that we're both going to like. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, we both don't like them. And most of the time, we both dig them. Maybe not at equal levels, but we both will dig them a little bit. Virgin River, you did not like, and and I really liked a lot. And I will say that I'm so in the bag for the show that revisiting those characters, I think, glossed over a lot of stuff that in a in a book that didn't have any sort of fondness, like I didn't feel any fondness for, I probably would have had some of the same problems you did mm-hmm. yeah but we got an email from barry g <laughs> and 
and they said, hey, all, first let me say that I love the podcast. Thank you so much. I look forward to it every week, and it warms my heart. You're all so funny and charming. Now, that's the most important part of the email right there. But now we'll get into the meat of it, which then they go on to say, I've been meaning to contact you for months regarding Virgin River, but I expected someone else to reveal the plot twist I'm sure is coming up. Tell me what you think of this. Jack is not the father of Charmaine's babies. Now, here's the thing. They don't know for sure that this plot twist is coming up. But no, this, this is, is all fan theories. This is f- fan theory. This is a, th- a theory that, because when I first read it, I was like, did I get spoiled? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no. And I'll tell you what. I was so angry. <laughs> no, I wasn't really that angry. But I was, I was. But also, if like people in production from Virgin River start emailing us, like I would be thrilled. Oh yeah! Oh, production spoilers. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Because that makes me feel special. Right. But I wasn't sure if this was, this was something that happened in the books or or something. I don't know. Because Charmaine's such a small character in the book that I don't think that would be the case. So and she was never pregnant. Yes. So so I was uh, when I read it again. I was I was like, okay, this is a fan theory. This is good. Please go back to the episode in season two where Jack has his Marine buddies up for the weekend. There is a scene in which Jack confesses to one of his buddies that Charmaine is pregnant with his babies. Watch the look on the buddy's face when Jack tells him that. The guy even says something like, I didn't know you were still seeing her. So I think Jack isn't the father of these babies and the baby's father is this friend. Okay, now, of course, I had to go and find evidence of this. (laughs) Guys, just so you know, it's about, it's 8 a.m. on a Monday morning, and I just listened to Clayton watch a scene from Virgin River. It was fun. It was like a radio play for me. Yes, and it brought back such fond memories, correct? You loved how, Mm -hmm. you loved how fond you felt about it. Now, (laughs) the amount of fun that we do have from watching Virgin River is truly unparalleled. Like, the joy we get from that show is So amazing. it's episode five of season two, Can't Let Go is the name of the episode. And at around 22 minutes, Jack has a conversation with one of his Marine buddies that is this conversation. And she's right. The way he reacts to this is not the way you'd react if it was just oh, my friend got their ex pregnant. And then at the end, he's anything you need. Well, I really think there's some weight to this theory. And I don't want to ruin this for people because obviously this is a fan theory. So this is not a spoiler. We do not know things from production. If we knew things from production, we would not share them because we don't want to ruin people's enjoyment of the season. It would just be for our edification that we were special enough to get production spoilers. (laughs) That's really what that would be. We're not going to share them with you. By no means think that we're going to share them on mic. We are just going to hold them like our precious little diamonds and look at them. Is that in case there's any? And we're going to grip them so hard in the, in, the, in the off chance that they slip out of our fingers and our oh minds. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm just going to be rocking back and forth and saying them over and over again so I make sure that I can remember them and never lose them. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're saying this on the off chance there is someone from production listening and then they would want to slip us anything. We won't tell. Oh, we we I, You know, Aaron, you know me. I'm, I uh-huh. am. I don't. I don't tell secrets. 
You don't. You're a very good secret I keep so many secrets. So then she says, what do you think? Maybe this is not new information, but I am a faithful listener of the podcast, and I have never heard this possibility mentioned. Maybe I am off base, too. Anyway, thanks for the great podcast. Thank you, Barry G., because this is a great email, and I think you are right. I do not think you're off base. I think mm-hmm. you're on base. I think there's a home run theory, and I mm-hmm. am excited for the third season to see what happens. Because my theory originally, anybody who listens to the podcast, my theory originally was that it was just a fake pregnancy. There were no babies. That has been debunked because she is definitely pregnant because we've seen sonograms. This, though, this is a wrinkle that I think is a strong possibility. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited about this. And, you know, this might be a theory that's going around. It probably is. But I am new to it. This is new information to me. And I'm very, very psyched about it. What do you think of this theory, Erin? I think it's a... Erin? Erin. Oh, okay. (laughs) What do you think this is? I've never had somebody pronounce my name urine hey, before. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> what do you think of this? Story? What if that's how um, I spoke on this podcast? It'd be unlistenable. Yeah. No, we would have zero listeners and they would be right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, I think it's possibility. I mean, I do wonder why they decided to make Charmaine pregnant instead of Mel. And something that I kept thinking could possibly happen was that Mel would also get pregnant because there's nobody more virile than Jack in Virgin River. Um, and that never happened. And, uh, yeah. So I think I'm always, I'm just like a little confused of like how it'll all play out. Because um, also it's like babies on TV shows are always so boring too. Well, this not being Jack's babies will then, yeah, solve, solve that it. problem. Yeah. Because then we have that he was sleeping with Charmaine up until the point where he could have gotten her pregnant. Because he's not like, oh, wait, we stopped four months ago or something. But so there's that still that like hiccup. But then it is like, okay, now we don't have to see these babies on this TV show because like, truly, I don't want them. Um, So that I mean, almost like I almost kind of want that. Oh, yeah. That way we wouldn't have to deal with. Jack wouldn't have to deal with babies. Charmaine would still be around mm-hmm. because this th- this friend would be in, in Jack's life, too. And that would complicate things because you know Charmaine would be really trying to make Jack jealous. Still with twins at home? Yeah. I feel like she's Charmaine is going to be like, I'm just trying to keep these babies alive. Uh, I think she throws them How off on Jack? him, uh, throws them off on the, on, the, on the Marine buddy, and then goes back. Goes back to the uh, let's make Jack and Mel's thing not happen. I have a feeling, though, after the way that Jack and Mel have treated her, like having her live with Hope, who was like openly so hostile to her. Like, I feel like there's a little like like the what's that? (laughs) The bloom is off the rose Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like, I, I don't think that she thinks of Jack in the same way that she did before. Like, she might even be having, like, a little bit regret of, like, trying to pin this on him. But it also seems like if she if she was having sex with two people unprotected so close together, 
It's not like she would necessarily even know 100%. Or she might. Yeah, it, it could have been a but... one-night stand thing. We don't know. We don't know the situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like, well, I would rather this be Jax than the other guy. So I'm just going to yeah, say that Yeah, because we don't Jax. know this other guy from Adam. That's the thing is I know he's one of Jax Marine buddies, but so is Brady. So it's not like we know this guy yeah. is, is good enough for Charmaine. That's the other thing is what if this guy's a scumbag? And she's got this scumbag's babies. That's not cool. I don't like that. So that case, I don't like. I want this guy to be a good guy. Hopefully he's a good guy. Hopefully he's a better guy than Jack. Although Jack is the best guy. Mm -hmm. But better guy in the sense that he could be more focused on Charmaine and give her the attention that she needs and deserves. I mean, I think it'd be fun. I think it could be interesting then if, like, the Marine buddy moved. Well, the thing is, is, like, Charmaine is also over in Clear River. So she's in Virgin well, he... River. But if, like, they have to move to the town and then everyone has to sort of, like, deal with their emotions and work through everything. I mean, I love that. Well, he bought the house for the babies to live in. So. Oh, I forgot about how those babies are already homeowners. <laughs> yeah. Good job, babies. <laughs> I love how it's like, <laughs> no, it's the baby's house. Not your yeah. Charmaine. That is absolutely <laughs> insane that you, who are currently housing the babies, thinks that you are also going to own this house with the babies. That's not yeah, right. Why would like, I buy a house for the mother? It's for the babies <laughs> to live in. Think, Charmaine. Uh, yeah. I lowered all these counters for look the how, babies. Yeah, look how lo- look at <laughs> That was ridiculous. I do like, I do like Book Jack, but... TV Jack is like, <laughs> that I love. TV him. Jack has some faces when he is confronted with new information he's that just... is, that are priceless. <laughs> he's just always so confused. Oh my god! I, not to constantly bring up Vanderpump Rules, but truly is the greatest show in television. And there's a character named Jax, and all he does is like lie to people constantly in a way that makes you not real, like not. Like, I don't know that he understands how, like, cameras and filming works. That, like, when he lies on camera, he's going to be found out because then eventually someone will see that. But literally, you'll, like, his girlfriend will come up to him and be like, did you sleep with her? And he'd be like, who? What? He'll always just pretend he doesn't know what's happening in the conversation. And it is truly That's my favorite awesome. thing. And Jack has the same sort of, like, what? How? Actor, anyway. The actor is great. This is I no am... knock on the actor because I think it's yeah. just how else oh, would no. this person react to these crazy things that are happening? Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on, Vir- on our Virgin River Corner? Well, you can't we... ask me if I have any <laughs> other thoughts because episodes. all my thoughts are Virgin River thoughts. So <laughs> that's the thing is is we have to move off this topic because we do have, yeah, we we do have, have a few on. things to speak about. We have some reviews that we got. Mm-hmm. On Apple Podcasts, thank you guys, as always, for reviewing, rating, reviewing, and subscribing. And we got one that uh, – this is all just going to be me confused about what I've read. I, I feel like Jack <laughs> now because, <laughs> again – The reading comprehension. We got a five-star review from Ashley's 916 and it said love as the title love exclamation point great and then long john silvers galore exclamation point and i was sitting here wondering <laughs> what that means because long john silvers is to me a well-known 
fast food place. Yeah, like for seafood. And I thought, is this something Aaron knows? Is this a a reference to something Aaron said? And so I'm reading this. And then we were talking about this before, before the show. And I said, we got this really weird review. And it said, Long John Silver's galore. And you said, oh, it's probably a slang term for penises because we asked them for that months ago. Because when we did I Give You My Body by – you're going to have to fill in that that author for me because I can't remember her name. (laughs) Diana Gabaldon. Diana Gabaldon. We said, hey, when you give us a review, if you want to name your favorite slang term for genitalia, because there is a whole list of male and female slang terms for genitalia in that book. If you ha- or if you're new to this podcast and you have not heard that episode or read that book, I would say you don't have to read the whole book. Just that part is really funny. You probably can find the list online, I would say. And the book is only two ninety nine. So if you can swing it, swing it. But and that was not a pun. Swing it is I'm not talking about swing it. <laughs> but swing it, swing it. Yeah, yeah, like like penises swing mm-hmm. sometimes. But so now it's decoded and it's the greatest review we've ever gotten. <laughs> because I also said you don't even have to say anything in the review, just put a slang term for genitalia and this person did it and that's the best review we've ever gotten. Yeah. It was great. Listen, to the point. She took the assignment and she ran with it. I think that's the funny thing about, you know, having a podcast now. We have, like, over 100 episodes is that people will, like, message me or text me questions or quotes from episodes. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Yes. So we have to remember all the things that we've specifically asked people to do. And then when they do it, we can't be like, why? (laughs) Yeah, what is this? (laughs) Yeah, it just totally blanks for me. Because I think other people had stopped doing it. And so uh, that's why I was confused by it. But this, Mm -hmm. but um, Ashley's 916 did, uh, did like exactly what we asked her to do. And I think probably most likely me asked them to just write filthy things as the reviews mm-hmm. to, I don't know, try to get us banned from <laughs> Apple Podcasts. I don't know why I would ask to do that. But I think because they're veiled, they they I thought it would be funnier because it's just a bunch of veiled names for genitalia. But they did exactly what we asked them to do. So thank you so much. Thank you for anybody who sends us a review. But mm-hmm. we have another one that we got fairly recently from at princess of world and it Mm -hmm. says invested five stars which is great now the review says i just started the series and have listened to five or six of the episodes great you have a ton left so (laughs) you have a lot of work you have more than you could ever want (laughs) left Buckle up. (laughs) And they go on to say, I am now super invested in finding out if Clayton finds his own personal H-E-A, happily ever after. And you know what? At Princess of World, so am I. Yes. 
So am I. And I think when we first started this podcast, there was an element to it of reading romance will help in my personal journey to find love. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that got a little sidetracked as everybody's life has gotten sidetracked by things that happened. And I don't want to date this podcast, so I'm going to be very vague about it. No one will remember this a year from now. So They'll that's like, why. What, did, what must have happened in 2020 that meant no one could date or meet anyone or go anywhere? Yeah. I want all the fans to that are listening now in 2023 to not be confused. So... That's very interesting because, you know, it's been hard. It's been hard for people in relationships. It's been hard people who aren't in relationships. And so I am not in a relationship. And it has, you know, there's good things and there's bad things about that, right? Because good thing is you can kind of focus on yourself, maybe – uh, get yourself to a place you want to be without having the option to kind of date, right? I I know a lot of people do Zoom dates and people are dating. It's it, people are going out and they're seeing each other. That's but I'm not, and I haven't really thought much about it. I'm thinking about it now that people are getting vaccinated and things are opening up a little bit more. But I would like that to be more. Not, not part of this podcast, but really try to apply what I have learned from these out in the dating world, which I'm mm-hmm. not sure when that's going to happen, obviously, because I want it to be as safe as possible. But it is it is nice that there's other people invested in this. Mm-hmm. And you're very invested in this because you're going to have to be around this person. Well, I'm very invested for like very selfish reasons and that this person will also be a part of my life. So not so much in it happening, but in it happening with the right person. <laughs> you would be because- happy if it never happened because you wouldn't you wouldn't have to deal with this new person being inserted into your life. No, that's not true. I do want you to be happy and I want you to find somebody. But I think yeah, but I that's the thing that I think isn't talked about enough too when people when it comes to dating is that like who you date how your friends respond to them like really makes a big difference because like I've had friends who I've been close to and then they start dating somebody that I really don't like or who is just not somebody that you like want to invite to parties or whatever and then you kind of like end up not seeing that person very much you know? Yeah, it does. It takes them out of your life a little bit. Right. Where there's also been people, you know, we, one of your and Pat's closest friends started dating somebody who's absolutely wonderful. And now I'm like, yeah, invite them over all the time. I mean, not now, obviously you can't, but like, I'm like, yeah, let's do stuff with them because she's so cool. So yes, you know, it can go both ways. And so, yeah, this person, because we are now somehow um our lives are intertwined forever i do think it would be nice if you could consider me (laughs) when you're out there trying to meet girls you know just think would Aaron be into this person too well we have spoken about this Mm -hmm. and you and pat producer patty do have a veto we each have one veto yeah there's a veto on the table two vetoes and i would think 
that that you would be more likely to veto than Pat. Pat is a very nice guy. And he Oh, Pat would never veto. He likes She would have to stab him. Yeah, and yeah. even then, even then, I feel like yeah. it would he He'd understand the, uh, the the fire like is someone very fiery and gets and gets caught up in emotion, mm-hmm. and and also and then also uh, I, my my friend Greg and Carolyn who we we were speaking about they also have a veto, and again mm-hmm. I feel like well you know no I think Greg would veto. Greg would one hundred percent veto. Yeah, so I think Greg would veto, but. Carolyn might not veto. I think. See, yeah. that's so funny. Greg because... and I are the bitches in the relationships that we're in. <laughs> I just think and you Carolyn would... and Pat are the ones everyone likes. Yeah, yeah. I do think that they. That, yeah, you guys would be the ones to veto. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we would have some... to confer because we wouldn't want to both use our vetoes on the same girl, and then you know we want to save a veto. But yes. Yeah, because this is this is you get one veto for my whole love life going forward. Uh-huh. So right. I could pull someone out at sixty that is a monster that both of right. you would be looking at each other like, oh, we should have saved our vetoes. Exactly, because we're too so, old for this shit right now. Yeah, there's no. I mean, I'm too old for this shit now. <laughs> yeah, I'm ab- too old at thirty six. I don't think at sixty. No. Yeah. Well, we were talking about before about like who your perfect girl would be, and we landed on like an Australian nurse. Remember? Yes, yes. Somebody who, uh, and and somebody actually who knows how to cut hair, not perfectly, <laughs> but enough that I wouldn't have to go uh, to an actual barber. So. Uh, and you have a lot of hair. Yeah, and I I either do it really short or it's really long, and I really need mm-hmm. to start getting a an adult haircut. You know that like grown man haircut that every guy has, basic like the Paul Rudd haircut. Oh, Paul Rudd. Um, I guess he's not known for his. It's it's not it's not like the Rachel or anything, but he has a very just regular adult male haircut. Yeah, I I thought when you said Paul Rudd, for some reason I pictured Paul Walker, and I'm like, you kind of do have Paul Walker hair. Yeah, Paul Walker's hair, it's it's youthful. His hair is a little <laughs> bit more youthful. Yeah, well, let's see what happens once everything starts opening up again. I think you know, and it's when you least expect it. That's that really is, and yes. I know that's such a cliche, but it really is when you least expect it, or when you're at your lowest ebb, <laughs> and you're expecting nothing. I mean, I'm also a big believer in sort of, like, making yourself somebody, like, worth dating, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when you come along. Like, because that's the thing. It's like when somebody is, like, desperate for anybody, it's like you can feel it off them. And, like, that's a little bit off-putting. But I think when you meet somebody and they're, like, together and happy and they're, like, interesting and they're doing things and they have things to talk about, like, that's when you're attracted to them. Because you're like, oh, this seems like somebody's life I want to get in on. Absolutely. Um, okay, so one more thing that happened. So since Clayton refuses to be on Twitter. Yes. Um, I, I'm going to bring you what's happening on Twitter. So we got a message from at Jill Grog. It's hard because like the way that you write on on Twitter, it doesn't translate when you read it. But like on Twitter, like the grammar and the like the, the syntax and everything is fine. Anyway, so she basically said that her her teenage daughter was asleep in the backseat of her car with her earbuds in. So Jill assumed that she could, you know, listen to the Ice Planet Barbarians episode. Unbeknownst to her, 
her daughter has woken up, is not listening to anything in the earbuds, and then she takes them out and says, um, what in God's name are you listening to? How old is his daughter? Jill had to scramble to shut it off. She just said teenage, so between 13 and 19. Wow. But I was like, did you guys keep listening? And she said no. (laughs) They switched to a Bridgerton episode. Um, because she is happy to, you know, use us as, as an excuse to talk to her daughter about sex and romance, but she was not thinking she was ready to talk to her daughter about spurs. And I said, <laughs> fair. Totally <laughs> I forgot fair. about that part. Um, and then as a PSA, she also told her daughter that the pullout method does not work, which is also true. That is not a viable form of birth control. So it doesn't work, but it doesn't not work. I mean, I I can think of two pullout babies off the top of my head that I know. Name them. <laughs> no, never. But um, uh, it doesn't. Uh, especially if you're fertile teenagers, it's not going to work. Yes. See, and that's why. Just to go back real quick, Virgin River uh, production. Anybody from production who's listening, Aaron would not give up the names of the two pullout babies she knows. So that's somebody who will keep a secret. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then Jill offered that we can add providing healthy opportunities for constructive sexual education to our resumes. So there you go. That is great. I, I, I love the idea that we could be a parent's entryway to, to talk about sex because you got to educate these kids. You got to educate the kids because it's sex is so scary when you're young. It's so confusing. You don't know what's what. You got everything available to you online. You need a mm-hmm. sane voice. And we could be those sane voices. <laughs> and since you can't, sane voices are hard to come by, you could settle for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing, too. I think, you know, I've heard people with children talk about, like, with, like, wanting their kids to read romance and i certainly would say like from 13 on and it depends on the romance because like obviously we know there are romances out there that are like a little bit tricky but like in general for the most part it's like yeah have them read about like there are far more destructive places for them to learn about sex than like a romance novel where the whole thing is centered around like you know mutual pleasure and relationship building and all of those things so and I you think know. reading a really great romance that has good sex in it in the sense of the sex scenes move the relationship forward. Mm-hmm. They are between two adults who love each other can be really good for a young person's brain because mm-hmm. instead of having their synapses pounded by obscene images right they can learn that there is emotional there's like an emotional undercurrent to sex at its best i'm not against just having sex to have fun because i do think that that is something that should be done responsibly and all that and that's something that you can learn but i do think there is if you learn that there's when people are having sex, they're respecting each other. I think that's maybe the most important thing is the the mm-hmm. respectful undercurrent that a good romance will have during the sex scenes is important mm-hmm. for for kids to learn. Right. 
I read that somewhere, like when talking to kids about sex, obviously like age appropriately and everything, but it's like, you know, I, I think before people would always say like, you know, wait until you're in love to have sex for the first time. And I think it's like when you're a teenager or young or like the first few times that you have those feelings, you're in those situations, it's like the feelings get to be kind of overwhelming mm-hmm. and it can be hard to be like, well, is this love or not? Um, and sort of the thing to say is like, don't ever have sex with somebody who doesn't respect you <laughs> because you don't need to love somebody to respect them, but you need, but like that is an aspect of sex that I think is like really important. And so it's like, if somebody's not treating you well or listening to you or you feel weird about it, like they don't respect you, you know? That's great. But- I love that because yeah, the, I think the, you have to be in love to have sex with somebody idea is very antiquated. And I know some people might disagree with that, but I, I do think that at this point, like you said, when you're 16, what is love? How do you know what it is? It's just, it's just pop songs and TV shows and movies and whatever people interpret from pop culture. It's not real. It's not a real thing that you can understand. So respect is something that you can, if you teach your kids that and you model that, it's something that they'll understand. Right. Because I think it's like you understand what respect is Mm -hmm. sooner. Well, because like love, even like adults sometimes don't know really what love is or will, you know, confuse infatuation for it or think that love means somebody being like very jealous or controlling or all those things. Oh, it's just because they love me, which is like, you know, it can be pretty harmful. So um, I always liked that as an idea where it's like, yeah, you need to have sex with somebody who respects you. Because like the first person I had sex with, I certainly did not love. Mm-hmm. But it was fine. Like it was a it was a it was a good experience. He definitely respected me and I knew he did. And so it was like, you know, no regrets. But I think like I I think that that would have been tough if I had felt like that was necessary. Anyway. Um, I do like that we always said these mini episodes were like, they're going to be like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> and we're always like, oh, it's been 45. This is longer so than our smut episode. I know. Oh, God. Um. Anyway, so should we talk about what our next book is going to be? Yes, the big reveal. So we are returning to a favorite of both of ours. Um, so we are going to read the newest book by Courtney Milan, The Duke Who Didn't, Wedgeford Trials Number One. Um, so obviously we read The Suffragette Scandal, which, um, spoiler alert, I guess, we both loved. Yes. Um, that whole series, um, the Brother Sinister series is top shelf, so, so good. Um, if you haven't read those, definitely read those. Listen to our episode if you're so inclined. Um, and we were trying to figure out what to read this week. Uh, we almost picked a book that was over 500 pages. So I think it's wonderful if books are that long and people are into it. But I think for us, since we like have to read these in a week and we both have jobs, it's kind of hard. Um, so we pivoted over to this one and I'm super excited because it's been in my TBR like since it came out and I just haven't had a chance to read it. So I love it when, you know. I can read a book that I'm really excited about for the podcast and sort of kill two birds with one stone. Yes. Do, do you do you have the flap in front of you? Yeah. You ready? Yes. Miss Chloe Fong has plans for her life, lists for her days, and absolutely no time for nonsense. 
Three years ago, she told her childhood sweetheart that he could talk to her once he'd planned to be serious. He disappeared that very night. Except now he's back. Jeremy Wentworth, the Duke of Lansing, has returned to the tiny village he once visited with the hope of wooing Chloe. In his defense, it took him years of attempting to be serious to realize that the endeavor was incompatible with his personality. All he has to do is convince Chloe to make room for a mischievous trickster in her life, then disclose that in all the years they've known each other, he's failed to mention the real his real name, his title, and the minor fact that he owns in her entire village. Only one thing can go wrong, everything. Wow. Trickster. Are you excited? I like that. And I, he owns the whole town. This is going to be very interesting. And Suffragette Scandal is one of my faves. Free, of mm-hmm. course, is my favorite heroine or mm-hmm. up there so i'm very excited for this yes i think it's going to be a lot of fun i love a grumpy sunshine and i feel like you don't see a lot of like serious woman and really jokey guys as much yeah so you I'm don't excited. yeah something a little different yes and um, so this will be we have more than 100 episodes, but mm-hmm. this will be our 97th book, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we're coming up on our 100th book read for the podcast, which is a milestone. Right. And we want it to be special. And we're thinking about what that 100th book is going to be. So, of course, if our audience has any suggestions for what our 100th book should be, feel free Mm -hmm. to email us at an email address that Aaron will tell you in a moment. Do you know our email address? You have heard me say it now over 100 times. Learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. See, I knew you could. I knew you'd get it. I use my context clues. <laughs> um, yeah, email us or tweet at us at Learning Tropes or we're on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. Um, I'm that, sure I'll put up like... That's sorry? where I get confused is the difference between those two. Mm-hmm. Is at uh-uh. Twitter, we can't say Learning the Tropes, right? Yeah, it's just Learning Tropes. Learning Tropes, okay. Because Learning the Tropes is taken by somebody on Twitter? No, it's a character limit thing, I think. Oh, okay. I'm sure I'll put up a like a message box or something if you guys want to put in what we should do for our 100th book. Um, it's still, we won't be recording that for a few weeks now, but um, yeah, we want to get prepared. We want it to be something kind of like fun and exciting. So if there's a big book and romance that we just haven't done and you guys are like, I can't believe they haven't done blank, let us know. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll do it for a hundredth episode. Like an iconic book or an iconic author. We want mm-hmm. we want this to be a syllabus for the kids because now that I'm thinking about it is there's there's millions of kids in America that need an education and we're here to give it to them. No child <laughs> left behind. That is my new thing. Oh, gosh. For, uh, forget about my happily ever after. It's about the kids now. So we really need to create a syllabus that will outlive I mean me of course but maybe you as well. Maybe. Yeah. But you're Irish so you're gonna be here forever. Yeah. 
my great grandmother lived to be 105. Yes. You come from Let's from see. from good stock. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, just it's fun. Just bring up death at the end of the podcast about romance. No, my death, Perfect. not your death. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, so if you guys haven't read The Duke Who Did It yet, read it now. So because we will be here next week to discuss everything Courtney Milan. I am super excited. And yeah, think about what we should do for our big 100th book, guys. And go and you can post it on our Facebook group. Oh, yeah, we have our Facebook troop. Mm-hmm. So post it there too. There's many places you can contact us and rate, review, and subscribe. And you know what? Keep putting those those genitalia names in there. Because <laughs> uh-huh. now that, any euphemisms. Now that I remember that the euphemisms thing is a thing, I'm very excited for it. So, but we love any kind of review. So. Yeah, and you can also put any um, book requests there, too. Listen, wherever you want. All right, guys, we got to go. But um, thanks so much for listening, guys, and happy reading. Happy reading.